Welcome everybody to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review show from friends that you can touch. I almost said I almost said touch, but you can you can trust us. Friends uh-huh. you can trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are uh, we've been talking and critiquing about talking about movies since we were in high school. Uh, we love doing it. We're gonna keep doing it. And uh, just you know, movies are great. Movies mm-hmm. are great. This intro is off the rails. Yes. Sorry guys, but. Um, <laughs> I'm Nick Moffat, and I'm here with Sean Bowlby. Hi. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Paul Thomas Anderson's new film, Licorice Pizza. What is Licorice Pizza? I would say it's two things that don't go together, but uh, for some reason they still taste good. Mm -hmm. But of course, I've never actually had Licorice Pizza, so I'm not sure if it actually does taste good. Has anyone had Licorice Pizza? I don't know. Anyway, before we get started... Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah, maybe he's a big fan of uh, mm-hmm. candy pizza. Mm-hmm. Either way, uh, before we get started, um, there's a couple things we're going to talk about. First, uh, first, I want to quickly talk about something that me and Sean are going to be doing this year, and that is going to be the Criterion Challenge. Uh, the Criterion Challenge is is a letterboxed... Um, I don't know if I would call it a game, but maybe a challenge is just the right word. But on Letterboxd, there's all sorts of things that uh, people do throughout the year, little like um, movie projects, movie challenges. And uh, the Criterion Challenge is is one of them. Um, If you don't know, for those that don't know, Criterion is a movie uh, distribution um, uh, service, I guess. They release like boutique uh, Blu-rays and DVDs and have for many years, and they also have their own uh, streaming channel now. And mm-hmm. uh, they're 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 mostly like art house movies, but some of them are like offbeat foreign films or weird indie comedies, and like it's not just like deep and depressing yeah. dramas. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of genre work in the Criterion Collection, and uh, the challenge. I, this is my first time doing it, and I think it. It's it's it looks especially fun. I'm very excited about it. Basically, it's 52 movies, and uh, you have to pick. It's up to you. You can choose, but you have to pick a movie based on a certain criteria. So, like number, the first uh, movie is watch a movie from the year you're born. So you go in the Criterion Collection and find a year that find a movie that was released in the year you're born minus 1988. So I found a movie, put down the list, you know, and. Then it's like 1920s, 1930s. You pick a movie with each of these, uh, which each of these rules, and uh, you know it gets kind of more obscure as you go along. Um, it's it's part of the fun is putting the list together. <clears throat> yeah, you know, some so... of some of the movies are you pick a movie from someone else's list. Like there's Bill, there's a Bill Hader top ten list or something that you have to pick one of his top ten movies, and there's a few other ones like that. Yeah, totally. And I think like Richard Linklater has a top 10 in there. And then Criterion also puts out these videos on their website that are like someone's closet. So it's like Sean Baker's closet, Amy Heckerling's closet. And it's like Mm -hmm. uh, you have to pick those are a couple of rules in there, too. And um, yeah, I mean, part like I said, part of the fun is putting putting the list together. Um, I also think the challenge, you know, it's 52 movies. uh, That's just a one a week for a month. You know, it's it's not an impossible challenge. You know, mm-hmm. it seems very doable to me. Um, but I, I would encourage anyone that, you know, has Letterboxd, which I also encourage anyone who watches movies to be on Letterboxd. 
uh, mm-hmm. to to do this challenge or, you know, to at least, you know, take a look at it. Um, if you go onto Letterboxd and search Criterion Challenge, uh, you can find uh, probably a bunch of lists in there and then uh, someone's got the rules. Um, I think mm-hmm. the person that I found that had the rules was a user named Ben. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think that's um, who I use too. <laughs> I think we'll just, uh, I mean, Ben, I think is the like host of the, oh, okay. of the rules. So gotcha. maybe we'll just put, maybe we'll just put his list in the show notes or maybe mm-hmm. both of our lists or something, but yeah. Um, Sean, you just finished your list today. Yes, I um, did. Are there any that you're especially excited about that you have on there? Um, yeah, definitely the before trilogy. Oh my goodness. You are is, uh, in for yeah. it. That was kind of the, the one that I, one of the, I, I think that's that's what made me want to do the list is like, all right, well, I'll put all three of these movies on there, finally watch them, and yeah, I think that'll probably get me going, and maybe, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for it. Yeah, me too. Uh, we we have a couple crossovers, uh, one of them being uh, Tokyo Story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 1953 movie, but it's it's one of the highest rated movies on Letterboxd. Like, I think it's in the wow. top ten. Wow. So. Uh, and mm-hmm. we both have that. Maybe we should try playing on watching that together or something. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have a couple others too, like uh, Fantastic Planet, that weird mm-hmm. little sci-fi movie. Yeah. The blue alien on the cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm really excited about it too. I have a bunch of uh, Agnes Verna movies on mine, and mm-hmm. uh, she's a female director who did a bunch of like French New Wave. Mm-hmm. So I think I have like three or four of her movies on my list. So I'm I'm pretty excited to like dive deep into filmography a bit nice so um yeah let's let's move on and uh before we get started on our review of liquor's pizza we wanted to do a quick uh quick dive into paul thomas anderson's uh filmography mm-hmm. um personally uh paul thomas anderson is one of my favorite filmmakers and at this point in his career um you know i think he's done i think this is his ninth movie um I think I'm going to always like a, a PTA movie at this yeah. point. Um, he, he always subverts expectations. So you never really know what you're going to get into with the PTA movie. But uh, every time I've been on it, I've been in for the ride and I love the experience and I've always been really into what, whatever he's, whatever story he's telling and how he's telling it and whatever offbeat way he's, he's going forward. So mm-hmm. um what's your general impression about pta yeah i mean a huge fan he's he can do no wrong um he's batting a thousand at this point um yeah i love every movie that he's done that i've seen um there's a few that i that it's been a while since i've seen them but uh yeah so uh on our way to the movie sean and i actually saw this together with with Brandon and my wife Shan, mm-hmm. on the way to the movie, uh, we all made our own like Paul Thomas Anderson rankings. Mm-hmm. And so I think real quick we're gonna go over our rankings. Um, the thing about you know I say this on my other podcast, Discography Divers, where uh, my rankings are subject subject to change. You know they'll change every you know if I were to make this list uh, tomorrow or in a week or a year, like it would mm-hmm. probably be dramatically different. So, yeah, definitely. Um, Especially as you like I, rewatch movies, and you know, I they have a way of shuffling around for you know, with the movies that you saw most recently. I find, you know, 
Yeah, absolutely. And especially with Paul Thomas Anderson movies, because he's so specific and detail oriented that mm. uh, I always find that you find you see a lot more in his movies the yeah. more you watch them. Like uh, in yeah, Vice, definitely. for example, like doesn't make any sense the first time you watch it. <clears throat> uh -huh. And then you for me, at least I re read about, I went home and read about it on Wikipedia. and was like, oh, yeah, all of that was in the movie. And hmm. then I watched it again and was like, this movie's amazing. Huh. You know, so. Nice. Uh, you know, it's. I just think that with PTA, you always see something new because he's so so detailed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, let's let's do our rankings really quick. So he had. Uh, I have eight movies on here. I did not include Licorice Pizza on my rank. Okay, I have it on here. Maybe I'll maybe I'll skip where I have Licorice Pizza, and then we'll after the review we'll say where we put it. Okay, that's fair. Um, unless you want to you, you unless you know where you want you want to put it i'd rather talk about it afterward i like i like right. the idea of talking yeah. about it afterward. <clears throat> so um do you want to do yours first sure um yeah so i have my first three my bottom three are mostly just because <clears throat> i've either not seen it or seen them only once a while ago so <clears throat> oh crap <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Hard Eight, I have not seen, unfortunately. Uh, is that on the Criterion Collection? Maybe I'll throw that onto my list. This, this, uh, poster on Letterbox it. looks like a Criterion poster, but, um, anyways. Uh, so, hope to see that movie, but, uh, my next one is Magnolia, because I have not seen that since, like, high school, maybe. Um, and I didn't get it in high school and yeah, just, uh, just really need to rewatch it. Um, I remember liking it, but I was Frog just like, out of the sky. what is this? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Um, you know, I remember liking it. Uh, I just did not understand it and, uh, yeah, um, definitely deserves a rewatch though. Uh, and then inherent vice as you were just talking about, um, I only saw that movie once and, I really want to see it again, but uh, yeah, maybe it'll bump up the list uh, if I see it again. And then I move on to all the movies I've seen more than once. So uh, next is Punch Drunk Love. Um, just a really sweet, interesting, quirky love story um, with a kind of a, a darker tone to it. Um, the Master is uh, my number five. Um, well, I, and then, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess then uh, that, that doesn't make any sense because <laughs> licorice pizza is on my list. Um, so licorice pizza is somewhere in my top four. If you are, if you were following along, oh, I see. but then I'll go, <clears throat> my next three, uh, on my list are phantom thread, then boogie nights, and then, um, there will be blood. Totally. Great. Yeah. Um, mine's actually pretty similar. Um, um, I had Hard Eight at number eight. Mm -hmm. That's his least best movie. Like I said, I love all of his movies. And uh, I just think that, you know, I think that oh, the worst Paul Thomas Anderson movie is a four star movie. Mm -hmm. But most of them are like four and a half to five. He's got yeah. like that Stanley Kubrick treatment where like he's probably going to make a five star movie every time or four and a half. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, weirdly enough, my number seven is number seven because I've only seen it once, and um, that is Boogie Night. 
So I have oh, Boogie wow. Nights pretty low, <laughs> lower than most people would have it. But mm-hmm. that's just because I haven't given it enough time. And um, I've appreciated these other movies more. I've spent a lot more time with them. Um, my number six is Inherent Vice. Even though I love Inver- Inherent Vice, I think it's a undersung movie. I love it. It's weird as fuck and uh, crazy and hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, totally a neo-noir classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Number five, I have Punch Drunk Love. Uh, Adam Sandler's best performance other than Uncut Gems. Mm. Uh, yeah. Number four, I have Big Magnolia. Um, I I love that movie. I was I was telling Sean after we saw Licorice Pizza that the the first time I saw Magnolia, I turned it on at like midnight and thinking I would probably fall asleep during it, and then I ended up watching the whole thing. It's like uh-huh. two and a half hours long. I was just hooked. The nice. energy of that movie is manic. Um, hmm. Number three, I have Phantom Thread. Uh, number two, I have The Master. And number one, I have There Will Be Blood. Yeah. So, I, There Will Be Blood is one of those movies where um, I don't I don't think it's necessarily my favorite PTA, but hmm. I think it's his best. I yeah. think it's very powerful. And, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? I have no idea what my favorite would be. Inherent yeah. Vice might be, or The Master. I don't know. Uh that's, this is one of the times I'm usually easier at coming up with favorite, and it's harder for me with, and it's, I'm having a harder time with BTA with favorite. But, yeah. Uh, like I said, though, this <clears throat> list doesn't really mean anything because all those movies are great. So yeah, definitely. Um. um anyway, yeah. So if if uh, I think this would be just about a good time to get into into licorice pizza. Um. So licorice pizza is uh paul thomas anderson's new movie came out just a few weeks ago uh, i think it went wide um right on christmas like i think it was kind of dinking around small yeah. theaters until then but yeah so just to read the plot summary really quick uh set in the san fernando valley in the 1970s the film follows a high school student who is also a successful child actor that's barely a plot at all but that's part of this movie is that they're um uh, there's barely a plot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie stars Alana Hyam, Cooper Hoffman, and there's some other people in it. There's a lot of other people in it, but like most of the other performances are are smaller guest yeah. performances. Like uh, Sean Penn, Tom Waits, Bradley Cooper, Benny Safdie all show up, but it's like a scene or two for each of them. Mm-hmm. And um, also funny enough, uh, I... Alana Hyam, she's from that band Hyam, and they're they're great. And it's the three three sisters, and uh, the other two sisters actually are in this movie as well, playing her sisters. And then their mom and dad are also in the movie playing their mom and dad. So huh. uh, it's kind of the Hyam movie if you think about it. Yeah. Um, but I'm uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm just looking at uh, IMDb right now, and I'm realizing that Paul Thomas Anderson has directed a ton of their music videos like yeah one, two three yeah. four five six seven eight nine like nine or ten music videos of theirs yeah um i i know that he did a uh like a three-part music video it's not really a music video but it's like a three-part live session um hmm. of their song valentine and okay. it's it's pretty amazing it's you know it's like 14 15 minutes long you can watch it on youtube and um i mean it's 
I wasn't the biggest Haim fan until honestly I watched this Valentine. It was like they're 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 fantastic musicians. I mean their style is kind of like folky pop music. Uh-huh. And so you know when they first came out, I was like, yeah, this is good, but it's not really my thing. And uh, I think I watched this Valentine video back in 2017, and I was like, they are just fantastic musicians, and I was kind of like on board with them ever since. Um, so nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Check it so, out. Um, but yeah, uh, so they're famous in their own right. And then the other funny thing about the cast is that um, um, uh, that character I just mentioned, um, Gregory Greg Valentine, mm-hmm. is played by Cooper Hoffman, which is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Um, so, you know, that's yep. pretty meaningful in the sense that um, you know he. De- like Philip Seymour Hoffman was in a bunch of um, Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Like mm-hmm. he was in uh, The Master, Punch Drunk Love, um, Mag- and Magnolia. Was he in Boogie Nights? I can't remember if he was. In uh, yeah, he Boogie was. Nights. Okay. Yeah. So he's really good in Boogie yeah. Nights too. Like he's kind of like one of PTA's guys. So it's I don't know, kind of cool seeing um, his son um, be brought in. Definitely. So uh, we're going to do some initial thoughts, uh, but we're going to jump into spoilers pretty quick because, like I said, it's a it's a hangout movie and it's um, kind of hard to talk about um, without just kind of talking about scenes and stuff. But um, I did want to say that you know, I, I know I read the plot summary, but basically the plot is um, uh, Alana Hain plays Alana Kane, which is, I don't know, intentionally hilarious. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, and she's 25 years old and uh greg valentine is a child actor and he's 15 and he um kind of falls in love with her right away and is trying to court her but um i don't know i think it's kind of like an anti-romance movie where the whole movie they're not really together and they're kind of fighting to not be together Mm -hmm. um but it's I really enjoyed this movie. I I thought it was a lot of fun. It's a '70s throwback movie in the same vein as like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, there's there's hardly like I said before, there's hardly any drama or plot. You know, like mm-hmm. I, after I saw it, my dad was asking me about it, and he was, um, I, I I was like, I I just don't think you're gonna like this movie because you like you like plot points and you like <laughs> characters who grow and achieve something meaningful uh, by the end of the movie. And, you know, it's not that these guys don't grow or, you know, achieve anything, but it's not, it's not that movie where yeah, there's it's not like the a, focus of the movie. There's not like that, that, um, you know, long form character arc that <clears throat> happens over the course of the movie. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, Frank Pacicchio, I don't, I don't think you're going to like this movie, but uh, I very much did. This was mm-hmm. very much my kind of movie. Um, Sean, what did you think? Um, yeah, I, it, it um, definitely was. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I, Jesus, <clears throat> sorry. Um, it's a modern. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if I would say like this is my kind of movie necessarily, but I um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think when when someone like Paul Thomas Anderson makes a movie like this, um, he he has a way of making it interesting and making every scene complex. And um, 
kind of, <clears throat> even though there isn't a bigger kind of message or or arc that is going on, um, I think every scene that that he does, there's there is something going on, and you know, there's something that the characters are after, or um, there's. <clears throat> Yeah, there's there's kind of a, a a story that is happening at, at any given point um, rather than a bigger story that that takes place. Um, and yeah, it just there's I, I just had a, an absolute blast hanging out with these characters um, and experiencing this bizarro world of in the 19. What was it? The 1970s. When was it? When did this movie take it was place? The 70s. 1970s. Yeah. <clears throat> and um yeah kind of experiencing that world in all its uh you know it's it's ups and downs and um <clears throat> it kind of it didn't hold back when showing that the world of the 1970s it showed the fun side <clears throat> and how it can how it can be a lot of fun uh but also it, it showed the negatives of of the 1970s it didn't hold back on its sexism and racism. It, it just kind of left it out there for you to look at, you know, for you to see and to feel awkward about and to to feel those moments as well. Um, <clears throat> so I really enjoyed the movie. I, I um, enjoyed watching the characters like fight. Um, I enjoyed watching them get along. Um, I enjoyed their little antics and their little kind of smaller um, almost insignificant moments that that um, in the moment feel big, I guess. Um, and yeah, um, just just really really enjoyed it. <clears throat> yeah, I do want to uh, say that uh, you said something about um, every scene had its own sort of story in it, mm -hmm. rather than a big overarching story. Mm -hmm. um, so this movie is actually like kind of based on. Uh, the life and stories of Gary Goatsman, mm -hmm. who is Tom Hanks's buddy, friend, producer. Hmm. And uh, apparently he's told a lot of these stories over the years. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson grew up in Hollywood in the San Fernando Valley in the mm -hmm. 70s. So I think this is like him going back to that time period and really just like uh, revisiting it and relishing in it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I after I learned that it was like... Uh, based on story like someone else's stories yeah semi-biographical like, i guess yeah i mean there's there's uh <laughs> yeah because totally like gary goatsman is based on greg valentine or mm -hmm. greg valentine's based on gary goatsman and mm. he uh um it just there's every every story like every bit seeing the movie tells like a story mm -hmm. and um yeah uh it's there's there's bits in there where there's, there's like real people and stuff. I mean, we'll get into it, but there are so like at the end of the movie, I was like, wait, how much of this is real? Because mm -hmm. there certainly are real people in this movie. So uh, it's kind of like nonfiction. It's like creative nonfiction, I think, or mm -hmm. you know, uh, his creative historical fiction or yeah. something. Where um, uh -huh. it's just like playing with real people and real times and real places, but yeah. who knows if any of it's actually real? Yeah. <clears throat> based on that so, story that some guy told totally totally so um which is a really fun way of making a movie honestly like mm -hmm. a, it's it's really weird but it's very fun 
So, um, with that, you know, I, know, I think we could jump into spoilers and kind of talk about some yeah. of the scenes that we liked and stuff like that. Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> okay, cool. So, after this point on, spoilers, spoilers. If you haven't seen Licorice Pizza, you might want to stop here and go watch the movie and then come back and finish listening and watching us talk about Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. So, uh, real quick, I think I'll wrap the bat. We should talk about, um, you know, the elephant in the room, and that's the fact that it's kind of a romance between a 25-year-old and a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the movie starts, and it's, like, at a high school, and Gregor, Greg Valentine, I keep almost calling him Gregory, but I don't think they call him Gregory, like, once in the movie. But mm-hmm. Greg Valentine Gary? is, like, Gary? Do they call picture... him Gary? I don't know. Did I say Gary just now? Um, no, I I think they I just saw, was looking at IMDb and it has him listed as Gary. Well, Gary is the guy, Gary Goatsman. So um, Gary, Va- so uh, yeah, I don't know. Do they call him Gary? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't remember. Anyways, but, um, anyway, so in the beginning of the movie, um, she uh, Alana is like working at the. She's like taking pictures, like school yearbook pictures or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, they start talking, they hit it off immediately, and they have this, like, back-and-forth energy that's, like, undeniable. Like, right mm-hmm. away, they hit it off. Yeah. And uh, you could tell that he's, like, in love with her right away. Mm-hmm. And he actually, like, goes home and set, tells his brother, like, I met the girl I'm going to marry. Uh-huh. He's this, like, cocky kid who yeah. is full of, like, youthful arrogance. And But he's a child actor, and he's, like, a professional, and he has a few businesses already. So he's, like ahead of his time mm-hmm. in a lot of ways right, you would but, almost call them more hustles he has he has a few hustles rather than businesses sure but i mean i think they all are like for the most part on the books and stuff like mm-hmm. he is an entrepreneur yeah. even if it is like part hustle mm-hmm. right he yeah but it's uh, more he's he like gets an he'll he gets an idea and then he like kind of goes with it and maybe he'll scrap that idea for another newer idea he, you know he's constantly changing his businesses and kind of what he's doing throughout the movie. And he'll just like see an opportunity and jump on it. And yeah, rather than like running a, a, you know, a single. Sure. Like he's not going into the office and sitting behind a desk and, you know, uh, he's very much still a kid. Yeah. And like his uh, employees are a bunch of his friends that he's like, you know, doing these jobs with. That's true. Like they do form, they do start a, uh, waterbed company and then mm-hmm. it's a bunch of like you know 14 year olds showing up to install waterbeds yeah um, but i just want to say though that like that uh, in the first scene they hit it off and they clearly have a dynamic and he respects her you know mm-hmm. like i mean maybe it's not respectful to hit on someone at their work but mm-hmm. um still like they have a connection that's mm-hmm. real you know yeah and then you know, she kind of brushes him off like, you're a little kid and I can't date you. That's never going to happen. Um, it's illegal. Get out of my face. But, you know, I still like talking to you. Mm-hmm. And then as she's walking away from him, an adult man that's also part of her company, like, you don't really know who he is. He's like a photographer. He, like, smacks her on the ass, like, really hard as she walks by him. Uh-huh. And it's just like, and you could tell, like, in that moment, that's not the first time she's been smacked in the ass. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. that's just something that happens to her being like yeah it's almost young and in the 70s it's almost something she didn't even think about in that moment it's just something that happens it's just not only to her it's just something that always happens in workplaces and she just you know it was almost like at how you know at a a sport 
sporting event and baseball game like give you know it was and no one even thinks about it but um and that's kind of the way most of the movie plays the these um problematic moments um in a lot of ways it it really just shows it almost how how it was and um yeah Right. And but I think like by having that happen so quickly right after this like wonderful interaction, Paul Thomas Anderson is kind of telling us like like or questioning us like what is right and wrong? You know, mm -hmm. like is it really so wrong that these two have a connection when this is the kind of stuff that she puts up with on the daily? Mm -hmm. Um but still she doesn't like, you know, start dating him right away. Mm -hmm. Like she does meet him at a restaurant, but she makes it clear it's not a date and then uh, they go on to uh, basically become like embroiled in each other's lives. Like she, mm -hmm. um, she chaperones him to an event and then, uh, and then they just become friends and uh, she dates one of his co-stars and then they break up over hilarity reasons. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but then, yeah, they just like, they're just become like intertwined. They're just basically best friends. And, uh, Clearly, they have like a connection, and they're they're they want on some level to have something more. Especially Greg is like, you know, he's pining after her, but uh, you know, she's unsure of where she stands with what she wants from him, and you know, it's it's very much like I said before earlier. It's like an anti-romance where these two are kind of trying to stay apart in the movie and trying to see other people, but they keep coming back to each other. Mm -hmm. Yep. <clears throat> so I don't know. I didn't find the romance like disturbing or anything. I yeah. thought that the way it was um, framed and set up, it was it was thoughtful. And yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I guess I would also say that you know nothing happens within the movie as far as that romance goes. Um, it's clear that they they have feelings for each other and they come very close um once or twice throughout the movie um to acting on that but well they do kiss at the end yeah and uh there and is a she kiss says that she end. loves him at the end so yes. i mean they yeah, get abso together absolutely. by the end of the movie but, uh, my, uh, my point was more that that you aren't um you know you aren't um constantly seeing them you know the this she's rejecting him throughout almost the entire movie um until right. the very end and it's uh which you know it certainly is uh, it's a sweet moment yeah. though and like yeah. I don't know, it's a great ending but uh yeah. i don't know what one thing my wife brought up right when the movie was done was uh how the movie is a lot about power dynamic mm -hmm. and how every scene there was sort of play on um who who like two characters and who had the power mm -hmm. like the power was like kind of constantly shifting like because you know it starts and you know alana is 25 and mm -hmm. it's greg that's pining after her and she has the power but then you get a glimpse of her home life and her home life is kind of a wreck and she kind of seems destined to be stuck in san Fernando valley not doing much at all and she kind of sees Greg as a way to get out. And so then he kind of has the power. And the, it kind of shifts like that uh, throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, Which, yeah. Shannon said that. that. That's a really interesting take. Um, I, I really like that. And 
um, you know, even well into the movie when I, I'm thinking about the scene with um, like Sean Penn and um, Tom Waits, uh, you know, out on the golf course and on in that restaurant and the way the, that scene kind of plays out between, you know, Sean Penn and Tom Waits and then like um, Gary Valentine comes in and uh, in the, the restaurant owner of the restaurant kind of says, she's over here. Do you want to come back later? I can sit you somewhere else. Or, and um, but then he says, no, I want to sit right in front of her, basically. Um, yeah. And then there's like that that dynamic between them two while, Tom, oh, because, while they're all doing. And yeah, yeah, because Sean Penn is supposed to be a famous actor. He's, mm -hmm. he, his character's name is Jack Holden, but he's based on William Holden, who is mm -hmm. a movie star in the 60s. And Tom Waits is supposed to be a director. So mm -hmm. he's sitting there at this table. At, she's sitting there at this table with these two famous people mm -hmm. at Greg's restaurant. Like that was yeah. his restaurant. Yeah. And so he's like making her like see him in that moment. But mm -hmm. then she's kind of like playing it off, like sticking her tongue out at him. Like, look, mm -hmm. I'm doing something cool myself, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like this power yeah. dynamic back and forth. Meanwhile, Tom Waits and Sean Penn are sitting there at the table, literally talking nonsense. Uh -huh. Like the two of them are going back and forth and they're not making any sense at all. It's like, it's so funny. Like I was, uh -huh. I was laughing. So I, I love Tom Waits in movies because he's uh -huh. just such a character and you never know what he's going to do. And this movie is exactly that. Like, you have no idea what he's talking about. Uh -huh. And then Alana goes, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> just like, so great yeah. and then yeah they go down the golf course and they're going to reenact one of his movies sean uh -huh. penn's movies where he uh he jumps he rides his motorcycle and jumps over like a fire pit or whatever mm -hmm. and it's like they'll go out there and reenact it it's like this wild scene like what is going on in this world uh-huh um, the whole so, restaurant goes out to watch it yeah the whole restaurant <laughs> yeah. goes out she's on the back of the bike uh-huh and uh yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah. Um, I just I thought that scene was so yeah. funny, so freaking Definitely. funny. And then it the way that it ends is so like it was, um, yeah, one of a couple moments in, in the movie where it was really sweet and um, yeah, because she falls off and he immediately just like runs for her. Um, yeah. As you know, the bike's going because it like the whole scene builds up for him to go off and do this jump and like over the fire and <clears throat> and you know you're really into that and then she just falls off and then the the focus just immediately shifts and uh, and all of a sudden yeah it's about just him running to her yeah uh, and that's another that's another theme of the movie too um, that I wanted to bring up is uh, running. Like there were a lot of scenes in this movie of characters yeah. just uh, running from place mm -hmm. to place. Yeah, I don't know if it was supposed to be because the like the youthful energy that mm -hmm. they had, uh, where you could just run to wherever you're going, or just maybe it's the excitement of just just yeah. running and not even knowing where you're going, mm -hmm. but uh, you're going somewhere quick and the energy that's with that. But I don't know, Sean, did you have a take on uh, why Paul Thomas Anderson spent so much time uh, with scenes of? of running i i mean one thing i thought is you know kind of in a more practical sense um when you're young and, and not that 
um, she was necessarily all that young, but if you don't have a car and you're young, um, I remember just like as a kid running to like my neighbor's house, like anytime I would go over to my neighbor's house, I would just run down the driveway because I didn't have a car. I didn't ride my bike. Um, I just like would run just because I wanted to get there faster. And so, yeah, like you said, that, that youthful energy, um, that was kind of w one of my takes on it early on. But then, yeah, it's like, especially when you get to the end and they're just kind of, they're running almost in circles around each other and, you know, trying to find each other. And then, yeah, they, they see each other. Um, and then it just built up to that really great moment. I don't know if it was, if what the theme of that would be. I don't know if like running would be a theme, but it just kind of made for this um, interesting, in, in a lot of ways, like uh, that's kind of what the movie was about. The, just them running circles around each other throughout the movie. And finally in the end, they're able to see each other eye to eye, I guess. They're, they're both in the same place at the same time, um, metaphorically. And then they, yeah. they see each other and they, they run to each other. Um, yeah. And then they run with each other, <clears throat> right? Yep. So it's, uh, yeah. Did you have a take on that or, or, uh, are you kind of on the same boat as me? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much on the same wavelength as you. Um, I think it was a great visual and there's a lot of, I think, I think there's a lot of interpretation that you could, could put with it, um, with, with them running and, uh, just, yeah, like I said before, the youthful, youthful energy, but then, mm -hmm. um, there's something to them, uh, like, just like, I don't know, I think there's, they, they both kind of seem directionless in the movie in some ways, especially Alana's character, but Cooper Hoffman's character as well. Like, mm -hmm. you know, he's just kind of hustling. He's just kind of doing the businesses as they come up. Yeah. And um, I think there's something to how he shot the running throughout the movie where it didn't necessarily seem like they knew where they were going. They mm -hmm. were kind of just together and going somewhere for the sake of going somewhere. But yeah, um, I love your take about how they're spreading circles around each other. That makes a lot of sense, too. Mm hmm. Um, I did want to also bring up uh, Bradley Cooper in mm -hmm. this movie. Bradley Cooper plays John Peters, who is a real person. He uh, is a producer for um, a bunch of movies. He uh, got started as Barbara Streisand's uh, hairdresser, but then mm -hmm. turned into a producer. He's like, I don't know, I first heard about him from the uh, Evening with Kevin Smith stand-up, where he hmm. tells a story about doing uh writing the superman script and uh, uh, -huh. uh john peters was the producer in that story huh. and he like he was very insistent on kevin smith writing a scene with a giant spider because spiders are the most dangerous creatures of the insect kingdom and um mm -hmm. and then he also did wild wild west and of course there's a giant <laughs> spider in wild wild yeah. west but um but yeah sean yeah. i didn't <laughs> but, make that uh, connection i did <laughs> That's really Yeah, funny. do you remember that story I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh but yeah, Bradley Cooper plays John Peters and he's just like he's just such a crazy person <laughs> in this movie. Like he's just totally unhinged and uh -huh. out of control. Like he, like he, like these kids, these kids, these 14, 15-year-olds show up to install a waterbed at Barbara Streisand's house and he grabs the kid, he grabs, you know, uh Greg Valentine, and he's going you uh if you mess up my house i'm gonna kill you 
uh-huh. and your brother. I'd be like, come to your house and kill your whole family. <laughs> it's like, it's so intense. But he's like a great, like, uh-huh. like, it's just, it's very funny though, because he's uh-huh. like, he's just out of control. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, hilarity ensues. They, they end up purposefully wrecking the house, right? And then uh-huh. they, they're in the middle of a gas shortage. So they try like escaping, but then they run out of gas. Mm-hmm. They end up picking him up because he ran out of gas. Yeah. And, uh, he's just this crazy person i don't know it's hard to explain but yeah that whole sequence was so that was probably the highlight of of the movie for me like that whole long sequence that that starts with them you know put you know loading up the truck they ran out of gas like right off the bat after they've loaded the truck up um so then it cuts to them getting there to his house like i don't know however many hours late and then he's already in a bad mood and so he then he does the does the thing i'm going to kill your whole family and then it's yeah they go up they they put together the bed they fill it up and then they decide to to pull out the hose and just walk away and let the let the hose go and then and then they just like bail um you know they they just walk out and they're like get in the truck we got we got to go so then they leave and as they leave, they pick him up. So it's like, and then there's like that, that tension of, is he going to, are they just going to bring him back to the house and he's going to find out and he's going to kill him. And is like, how is that going to play is out? He kill the whole family. Yeah. What is this guy really capable of? And then like, but then he just grabs the gas can and then leaves. And then like, they're, yeah, they're, they're waiting for him. And then they, then they go back up to his car to fuck up his car. And then they run out of gas there yeah, because then, they first drop him off at the gas station and they yeah. drive away because he's being a crazy person at the gas station just screaming yeah. at people. Yeah. <laughs> they drive back up the hill, smash up his car, uh-huh. and then they run out of gas again. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And then, yeah, and then the, the backing down the, the road scene was oh my goodness. so cool and so intense. And Yeah, uh, so basically they coast down a hill backwards and Alana uh-huh. Haim is just driving the car this huge truck this like uh-huh. giant moving van uh-huh. backwards and uh you know the way he shoots the scene it's like there's no music uh-huh. it's just wheels on pavement yeah right and yeah. you're just like what's like is this going to end tragically or uh-huh. is it hilarious yeah and uh either way you're on the edge of your seat you're holding your breath yeah and uh stunning how it's shot and put together and mm-hmm. definitely yeah. It's just something about that scene. It's like, it, it's so good. And then, but also th- I, I do feel like that was a scene that was almost a character arc type of moment as close to a character arc as you can have. Cause like after that, it seems like, um, um, what's her name? Alana. Alana, you know, becomes a lot more driven and, and more capable. And cause after that she goes to work for the, for the um Joel socks the uh guy running for mayor yeah um for the safty what's his name um yeah he's so it's benny safty and he's play he's playing joel sacks who's uh actually a real guy who ran for mayor in the 70s um but yeah so uh, yeah i think that moment was was important for a character and you definitely saw that 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 that's probably about as close to a character arc as the movie had um but yeah, and then like, uh, and then the the icing on the cake is, 
she's sitting there and um, Bradley Cooper shows up um, yeah. just on the street and walks past her um, yeah. as she's sitting there. And, and yeah. Uh, but even and he's like, yeah. yeah. And, he, and then he like, he walks past her and then two really attractive women walk past him and he immediately just kind of turns around and, and starts hitting on them. He chases um, that tail. And, yeah. And and now that I think about it, he, he even had like kind of one of those moments with with uh Alana um in the car where he like he's looking out yeah, the window and then he like yeah, he's he really like leans over her yeah. and kind of like yeah, he inappropriately gets close to her. Yeah. Um, definitely. But yeah, totally Sean, I totally agree about um that arc she has at the end there because she like survives this experience of going yeah. down this hill backwards she miraculously you know mm-hmm. overcomes the odds and no one gets hurt and uh at, she's sitting there and she then sees these 15 16 year olds goofing around mm-hmm. afterward and just sees how much i don't know how young they are and mm-hmm. and that moment she's like i need to do something different with my life yeah. and she starts acting her age in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. i think that's another like theme of this movie is acting your age and yeah. what what that means you know it's i mean true. Yeah. It's um, it's kind of a coming of age movie, but it's not necessarily like coming of any sort of age. It's kind mm-hmm. of like I don't know. It's I feel like it's also like questioning like what even is coming of age? Like what is acting your age? What does that truly mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, because then she goes and works with this politician, and she's getting along with people her age and older, and she kind of starts like maybe thinking about seeing someone. She it seems like she has a connection with the mayor played by Benny Safdie, mm-hmm. and then uh. And it turns out he kind of uses her because uh, he's gay and he needs like um, he's someone being, to like yeah he's being like, followed cover up and yeah he's being a... followed like the pictures taken or whatever and he like mm-hmm. he like calls her up and is like do you want to meet me for a drink and she like gets really excited about it thinking mm-hmm. like okay I'm gonna hit it off with this guy and then uh, yeah it's like you know back to the power dynamics thing it seems like he was kind of. You know using her in that moment i mean she was happy to but still mm-hmm. it was like that thing of like everyone's kind of using each other and mm-hmm. uh, our dynamics ex- exist everywhere and then he even um after that she takes his boyfriend home his partner home mm-hmm. and she has that really great moment with him where he's like you know just the the pain that he must be going through living in being a uh, you know, a, being in a relationship with a such a public figure in the '70s when you can't be gay in in the public, um, you can't be gay in public, um, and she sees that, and and you know he's really nice to her, really sweet to her, and after that's the moment where she like leaves and then runs, starts running towards, um, to get to Gary to. Yeah towards him um greg yeah to greg and um and yeah i i think like you know that's probably why i like about this movie so much is that like there really is a lot of heart in this movie Mm -hmm. and it's not just a heart you know it's it's not just between like those two it's like about seven it's about like the 70s and Mm -hmm. like what that looked like back then and there's just so much like um i don't know appreciation for the good and the bad of that time it just Mm -hmm. Definitely. Just so it's like it's kind of like you know when 
when uh you know once upon a time in hollywood came out everyone was like this is quentin tarantino's love letter to old hollywood and i feel like this is kind of the same way where it's uh, mm-hmm. pta like thinking back to his childhood and kind of recreating that in a lot of ways yeah and um there's a lot of heart there's a lot of humor and uh it's like it's just not many movies are made this this way or or this well you know mm-hmm. so um yeah sean anything else that you want to bring up and talk about yeah um i mean i i wanted to point out that uh paul thomas anderson again is uh credited as the cinematographer in this movie and it uh, it looked really good it had a really interesting look to it um <clears throat> although i believe in this one he he had help i guess i don't know how to really like what the dynamic was there but um he uh yeah there's there's apparently two cinematographers credited well, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because, uh, I mean, Shannon brought this up at, while we were seeing there in the credits how he was, Paul Thomas Anderson's credited as a co-cinematographer with mm-hmm. Michael yeah. Bauman. Yeah. And uh, it's like, you know, you're the director of the movie. You kind of oversee everything. Are you yeah. really the, the co-cinematographer? Are you the co-costumer as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. at the same time, like, uh, he was the solo uh, cinematographer for... Mm-hmm. um his last movie um phantom thread i think so mm-hmm. it's like he has done this in the past where you know he's the cinematographer so mm-hmm. i don't know i uh, wonder what I'm, that looks like so i'm actually looking i uh pulled up michael bauman's uh imdb page and it looks like he is a gaffer on a lot of stuff he he's uh he's actually a he's a lighting guy um chief lighting technician gaffer um so that's i wonder if he kind of brought him along to um help with the lighting um yeah or maybe it was kind of like maybe he was kind of giving him the opportunity mm-hmm. to maybe take the lead but they were working mm-hmm. very close together or something you know as like a yeah promotion maybe. you know now maybe. now it opens the doors for him to be a cinematographer on mm-hmm. other other people's movies and stuff, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. In another note, uh, he apparently was the gaffer uh, in The Tragedy of Macbeth, which just came out and I I just saw, and it was really freaking good. Oh, nice. So. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I really, really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so, yeah, uh, definitely something that's kind of interesting. I'm not... There, There is kind of a newer trend of directors who are also playing as their own cinematographers and i don't i'm not sure what that dynamic actually looks like on set and i i mean it it very well could go be either way but i would guess that he brought in or or he had a gaffer um as a co-cinematographer to help him with the lighting that he probably doesn't have as good of an understanding of um Mm. like the technical uh aspect of lighting um as he does with a camera and lenses and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's just a, a guess though. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're right. I mean, you would know better than, better than me, but, uh, you know, um, I also really, I feel like being on set, it's probably, probably different on every set and who knows what their dynamic really, really looks like unless they came out and talked about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Which I don't have that information on. I don't like me about that. But yeah, uh, good movie. 
yeah good movie um i gave this movie four and a half stars um but i also think i'm going to like it more and more as i keep watching mm-hmm. it over i think i i think i gave it the same if i i was um yeah pretty sure i gave it four and a half nice um oh so we, right now yeah we we need to do our ranking so where where did you put uh licorice pizza on your uh pta ranking well i already kind of gave it away um my uh i put it at number four on my list Uh, okay so yeah so just in front of um the master was my number five and then my three was uh the phantom phantom thread boogie nights then there will be blood cool yeah i mean i i this is so hard i don't really truly know yet i'd probably Mm. put it at five or six right now you know um below magnolia around punch drunk love mm-hmm. um, nice probably a little bit ahead of inherent vice mm-hmm. so uh that's probably where i'm at right now with it but anyway i'm excited for people to see this movie um i hope that people like it and uh you know talk about it and stuff mm-hmm. um it's a unique one yeah definitely so um yeah with that uh I think we can wrap it up. So this has been uh, this has been uh, the monthly movie dispatch. Uh, we've been talking about uh, licorice pizza. Um, next week we'll be back. Um, I don't know what movie we're doing next. There's a lot of movies mm. that have all come out at once, and we're kind of uh, yeah. kind of trying to figure out what to do next. And then it's Nightmare you know, Alley is is out right now. Um, Tragedy yeah. of Macbeth, maybe one of those two, or yeah. something else. Um, yeah so we'll we'll figure it out but then then yeah we got our top 10 of the year coming up here pretty mm-hmm. soon too so um yeah it's a very exciting time for movies and uh you know thanks for listening and watching like and subscribe and um yeah uh take care of yourself and uh and others as well all right see ya bye bye, bye.